0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Generation On Air. My name's Daniel, known on this podcast for being a regular co-host, but due to holiday commitments, I'm taking over as temporary host whilst Alex is away. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the late drama in Saturday's draw at the Stadium of Light, the defeat against Blackpool, and looking ahead to the game against Rotherham on Saturday. Joining me on the episode is a regular of the podcast, Micah, and the second time on the podcast is. Harry, also known on Twitter as Art Insights. Guys, how are we?
1: Yeah, a little bit of no, I don't know, as the most, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I don't think I've been as annoyed with the game as I was last night for a very long time.
2: Yeah, I just feel a bit deflated. I mean, I left the game and put out an uncharacteristic, angry tweet, uh, <laughs> And, and then today, like the anger's sort of worn off, but just yeah, so deflated tonight
0: uh, today. Yeah, it was a tough one. Um, we'll start with the game on Saturday, um, and with the lineups, obviously, it was to be expected that we were lacking quality. Um, Hammerliner comes in, um, Shadipo, Anadomo plays the 210s. Uh, were we were we expecting this lineup on Saturday, and what did, what did we think of the game as a whole?
1: Um yeah, I think I think um it was sort of hinted at, wasn't it, that um we would probably be a little bit weaker Saturday than we were for the for the Blackpool game, just based off obviously um Powell's kind of injury was sort of talked about. Obviously we're still easing Willock back in and obviously Amos and Richards won't be back for a while. Um I think some people were hoping Roberts would start, myself included. It was probably a little bit too soon for him. Um, so, so I would say all in all, the lineup was to be expected. Uh, the game itself, we were bad, don't get me wrong, um, but we actually did create quite a lot. Um, I think we had something like 20 shots in the end. I know, I know a lot of them were outside the box. Um but um for me for me like it's a good point. Like the me and Alex were saying on the pod last week, um, for those of you who listened last week, um that um Stadium a tough place to go. Like it's it's a fifty thousand seat stadium. Like whether whether or not they've just come up from League One or not, uh Stadium alight's not an easy place to go. So if you if you'd have said to me a point before the game, especially considering the circumstances with the lineup and injuries, I probably would have taken it.
2: Harry, what were your thoughts? Yeah, um, I didn't see the first half or much of it due to I was away and none of the streams were working and it wasn't being broadcasted in Spain. But I saw the second half, um, and it was just it was really poor. Pretty much the whole half, apart from Roberts being a bright spark in that, I have to say, um, really looked a cut above the rest, and he looked he looked decent again yesterday. But yeah, on on uh, Sunderland, he looked he looked good. Um, but then I think over the two games, last two games, probably deserved a point out of them. Maybe it would have been Sunderland. We didn't deserve anything out of the game. Um, I thought. They look the better side, but then Chair, who dropped a little bit of a stinker, then shows what he's actually capable of and rescues us. Well, him and Senny rescue us a point. Um, and yeah, that that goal when it went in, I was by the pool, and everyone just stopped and looked at me because I went mental with my brother. Um, so a great moment it was. And I was hoping they were gonna build on that, um, but unfortunately not.
0: Yeah, we'll touch on the uh, the first half in a bit more detail before we go on to talk about those those two late moments. Um, they pre- It's pretty fair to say that Sunderland dominated that half. Uh, we were 2-0 down at halftime. Was that really a fair reflection, or were there were there some positives to take from that half?
1: No, I've, I've, I thought we deserved to go in 2-0 down, to be honest with you. Um, it, it could have been more on another day. Um, yeah it, it, it's it's funny thinking back to it now with the game in between, but that that first half actually in hindsight like it it was it was like really just uninspiring. It just didn't feel like we were gonna create anything, as he said, chair was like we we all know I love chair, but chair was just he was trying too hard. it felt like it felt like everything he wanted to do he was trying to do it like like it you know you know you know those people that like say 10 words when it could be said in like five chair was kind of like trying to do things of like five or six touches of the ball and sometimes it's a simple layoff or sometimes just play the ball you know um and um yeah and 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 defensively again nico i hate i hate to keep ragging on him because everybody does but he's league one at best, do you know what I mean? And, and, and fair play to him, the guy he tries every week, he does his best, he's come through the academy and, and, you know, I respect that, you know, he's never down tools, but he just looks so out of his depth. And that's a newly promoted team as well that he looked out of his depth, depth up against. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of really bad individual first half um, performances, I felt like.
0: Harry, I mean, I think me and you touched on it during the game. Uh, we, you said you were impressed with the uh, the attacking set pieces. Obviously, they didn't come off, but do you think that was probably the only positive in that half?
2: Yeah, there was a couple of good balls and a couple worked well. I can't I can't think back to it now. I feel like we laid it off to a bit wider to create more of an angle and then Johansson whipped it in with his left. I think that's one I remember. And I did oh, Dickie got on it and it just went wide and that was right before half-time. That was unfortunate. Um, and it clearly is something that we're we've worked on uh, with the new set piece coach. Um, there's been a few goals already scored and a few good chances fashioned, but Dan, I'll let you touch on it a bit better because I know you you love a set piece and you probably paid a little bit more attention to them than I did. Yeah,
0: I thought I thought they were I thought they were promising. Um, I think the thing for me, the, the difference between probably under Warburton and now is we are making a lot of decoy runs. I think we saw the goal against um Middlesbrough. I think it was the Dykes header. Field makes a decoy run. Um it, they just look a lot more a lot more thought out and a lot more thorough in, in what we do on the training pitch. So I think that's that uh, can only be a real positive considering there's such fine margins in the game. Um was there anything else to touch on that first half or have we have we discussed it what do you think?
2: I reckon just a quick one, like Sunderland, you can't say that the, I mean, maybe on the day um, they had better quality, but you can't say that they have better quality in their squad than we do. Mm. And I just think it's so frustrating to watch us get completely walked over by a side that's lesser, just because of simple things like energy, winning your duels, first the second balls. And like, that's not... Something that really, Bill, apart from trying to get them going, is he can't really do much. It's down to the players. And, um, yeah, no matter how good of a coach you are, um, you need your players to be playing with that energy. And we showed it against Borough once it got that goal and we were on the front foot. And I just really feel like we've got to at least give that in each game. If the quality's not coming off, then you've got that to fall back on. And that that's the basis of a good team in this division for me. One that's hard to beat one that wins their battles and like you see you see poor teams get up in the playoffs who was it a few years back one that just snuck in a uh, Barnsley like they they just played such unorthodox yeah. football but so physically good and quick to second balls I just think yeah we need to need to up that side of the game because at the minute I think we're rec- we're relying on too much quality for me um and that's not always coming off because we've not found a stride yet.
0: No I'm glad you um you touched on that bit about Bill um and what he can do because the second half comes he makes an early change obviously the introduction of Tyler Roberts uh and we actually moved to more of a 4 2 3 one with Chair not playing as that number 8 but more on the on the, on, on as the left-sided 10 or or left winger um do you think that was a good good move by Bill? Micah?
1: um so I saw someone speak about this on Twitter. It might have been you, to be fair, Harry. I saw someone talk about this on Twitter, um, yeah. and they said that he he seems to be getting further and further wide. I remember the early days of Warburton, when when um, we had that chair as a, I'll say Samuel three behind um, Wells or Hugh. Um, he's he's not left winger. Do you know what I mean? It's as simple as this: Chair's not a left winger. I prefer him through the mid. I think he does his best stuff. Behind the striker, I don't think he's the type of number 10 that Willock is. I think he's much more of a shadow striker type player. So farming him out wide when he's not really the paciest and he, he kind of can get out muscle that just does it don't really make sense to me. Um uh I, I, I understand that like in the Middlesbrough game, he was doing that and it was creating a lot of space for Willock to drive through the middle, and it also created space for Dykes to drop in. Um but I just I just don't think it suits him, to be honest with you. I think he's much better in the middle of the field.
2: Uh For me, it's like, I'd say Chair and Roberts. It seems like both of their best positions is uh, behind the striker, but in the middle, not playing wider. Um, and for me, it seems like Roberts is having more of an impact. And if that's if that's both their best roles and as a team we look better with Roberts there maybe chair isn't going to get he isn't going to walk into his favored role and like well, i do like chair and i do think that's where he's best but he, he did all right out there like creating like as a wide playmaker that drifts inside like i can see how it would work but he's not a winger like what you're saying is he, he's not going to beat a man like Bright or Eze you can or um, Willock even he's not he doesn't really back himself like, he doesn't seem to back himself he's better when he does drift yeah. inside um you just want him picking the ball up in the half spaces in the pockets really and if you're giving him a ball in behind to chase that just isn't his game
0: yeah, yeah I mean yeah. just just briefly on Tyler Roberts he had I, well I I really like him already but um what did you guys make of his uh forty-five minutes that he played on, on Saturday?
1: No, every 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 time I've I've seen him, um, last night obviously the Blackpool game will get onto that, but every time I've seen him chouting away, um obviously the cameo at Sunderland. I've been really, really impressed really impressed by him. Um, mm-hmm. I think Bill said last night that he thinks Roberts is gonna be one of the best players in the division this year. Um, which, is, which is a big claim. But I mean, like, if you can turn those, those kind of flashes into consistent 90-minute performances, I don't see why not, to be honest. He's backing 90. it up at the minute, isn't he? He's backing it
2: up, what Bill said. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like, if, if you look at him, like, one thing, one thing that really stood out to me in the Palace game was kind of, like, the difference in athleticism between, like, a Premier League team and, like, a Championship team. Tyler Roberts, he's he's got like that Premier League level athleticism, but technically like he's very he's very secure as well. So like you're looking at it and you're thinking, like, that's you know, Premier League standard player. I know it's not really worked out from at Leeds, but you know, that's a Premier League standard player. In my opinion, Chris Willock's another Premier League standard player as well. Like you've got two really exciting um options there in behind the striker. So um I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him get to 100% fitness and seeing what he's capable of.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. And there's, there's a couple of flashes. I think it showed more his athleticism and his decision-making, I think, on um on Saturday. And then we saw more uh, technical stuff from him yesterday. But, yeah, on Saturday, a ball got bowled out to him from Steny as a guy right up his arse. And he receives it and spins the guy and then he's driving at the defence. And that's what you want to see, like, I do love charity. It's like I'm bashing him today. But he's, he, I think he, he's too happy to go backwards. It seems like Roberts is always looking forwards and looking to make things happen, and that, that's what we want to see as fans, and that's what Bill wants to see. When you get, when you get your dangerous players on the ball in dangerous areas, you don't want to see him, you know, check back. You want to see him try and hurt the other team, and I think that he did that throughout his 45 minutes um, at Sunderland, and we saw. Good glimpse of it yes yesterday, which I'm sure we'll get on to later on. I don't wanna, don't wanna annoy you, Dan. Uh,
0: that's all right. That's all right. Um well one of those moments um, from Tyler Roberts was I don't know how far he carried the ball up the pitch, but um he managed to draw a foul on the edge of the box and we actually scored a direct free kick for what what three three years, I think. Um was ESA...
1: forty eight games, I believe.
0: Yeah, wasn't it was it the
1: SA against um Wigan? 148 games, SA against Luton, August 2019.
2: I was there. No, no, Wigan, Wigan, I was there.
1: I was at Wigan, my bad, Wigan. Big up um, Jack Supple for that stat. That is incredible.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it was a very good free kick, wasn't it? And uh, like we touched on earlier, he had a disappointing game in general, but he does come up with those those big moments, doesn't he?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does, he does. And, um, yeah, (laughs) I... (laughs) <laughs> Football's a funny game, isn't it? Because you know, we're coming away, Chair's coming away from the game of golden assist now and he's kind of the hero of the In the team of the
2: week as well.
1: In the team of the week. Over I, I cannot believe Senny did not make that team of the week, by the way.
2: Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting.
1: They're literally, what more can you do as a goalkeeper than score a goal and make a <laughs> double save like two minutes late? There's literally I don't understand it. Um yeah, nah it's funny because yeah, you know. Part of it was, to be honest, what Harry was saying. It was with, with the cross, like for for Dieng's goal. Um, it sounds ridiculous to say Dieng's goal, but with the cross, the <laughs> Diengs with the cross, the Dieng's goal, like they you know, normally in that position, Ilias will hold on for it too long and then check it back to the fullback. But he just took a touch and was like, I'm putting it in the middle, put it in the middle. It was a gorgeous cross, and obviously, like senny's headed it in, and like that, that's what like I said at the start of the season, that's what I want to see more from him, just like that directness, that instinctiveness, that like mm. not being too scared to to play a dangerous ball. But I remember at Middlesbrough at home, he had a great chance to um, put Willock in behind on the outside of his foot. And he tried to beat his man. And it's like, you know, sometimes, sometimes with Ilias, don't think too much, you know, trust your instinct, put that ball in the box, mm. play that ball in behind, take on that man, you know? Um, and, it's what happens, you know. I'm not saying he's gonna—he's not gonna set up the goalkeeper for a winning goal every week, but
2: like,
1: I—I I feel like a player of his quality, more good is gonna come from taking risks than than bad. If you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And what you're saying there, and what what we touched on, was the directness. And for me, I think Bill touched on it. It took till the 87th for that was like the 90 90th for him to like get the ball, shift it and put it in straight away because there's that mm. urgency. I reckon if that's in like the 40th minute and he's in that position, he probably checks back and like recycles it around the box. And yeah. I think as a team, we sometimes just wait for things to happen. And like we saw it last year, we had a, quite a few comebacks. It's, it seems it seems to be a running theme, like urgency towards the end of the game. But we've got to, we've got to bring that directness from the get-go and especially for chair, um, like he showed there when when it matters, he's he's stepped up, but we want to see it, you know, before we're 2-0 down. Yeah,
1: I I do think part of that, not to not to rag on him because he's left the club now, but I do think part of that is kind of the Warburton legacy. He's like you gotta remember, like a lot of the Bill signings haven't actually been able to come into the team yet. So this this is yeah. mostly like the bones of the Warburton team. And and there was a lot of that remark, wasn't there? There was a lot of that, uh, you know, let's not let's not whip it into the box too early, let's play it around the box, let's let's wait for the right opportunity. Yeah. So like hopefully with time, like hopefully with time, like I said at the start of this season, like it's ten games before you can really judge the championship. Hopefully with time we'll see a little bit less of that cautiousness and a bit more kind of urgency. So I'm sure. yeah, I'm trying not to worry too much. Yeah.
0: And of course, um, obviously we've touched on it briefly, but the goal by Sandy Bien. Um, if we learnt anything from that, it'd be that he needs to go up for more set of pieces, doesn't he? The leap was the leap was, was, was huge.
2: Yeah, great goal. It, was like, it wasn't even a lucky finish, it was a deft like a little deft touch and uh... second attempt as well. Yeah, I know, I know. The, to be fair, if I'm a Sunderland fan, I'm a bit, I'm a bit annoyed about what their keeper's done there. Like it's gone up in the air. And it always it's, it's the keeper and Senny and one of their defenders, they've all gone for it. And he realistically, he should put a name he's on it and claim it. Yeah. And uh they punched it back out and we've he's then gone and scored. But yeah, great header, great goal, um, good moment really to be a QPR fan. That's not his first either, isn't it? Apparently uh, he scored what I got for Whitehawk. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. What a legend.
1: What he just a loves legend. the goal. He just loves the goal. And I'll say I'll say as well for the sake of it, because there's always there's been a couple questions around him uh a little bit at the start of last season and at the start of this one. He's one of the best keepers in the league, man. Like he really is. Like that double save at the end, it's is top draw. Like we're really lucky to have him, you know? Like, he he may not be Allison, he may not be, uh, Alison, may not be uh, whoever else, uh, David rea sorry, that's a Brentford player, I shouldn't have said that, but he, he may not be like Edward, maybe whatever. He's a great goalkeeper, you know, and we're really lucky, we're really lucky to have him.
2: Yeah, well, I, I'm not going to lie, I think he's a good shot stopper for this level. I think he's not, like, the best shot stopper, but I'm really impressed with his dis- distribution. Like, yesterday, amount of ball, I think there might have been one he misplaced lifting it over to Laird. But that that set, that set gets us out of trouble and he doesn't look rushed at all. And mm. uh, I think being a good shot stopper and very good with your feet, it, it, may, it makes for, like you said, top tier championship keeper. So, yeah. But, yeah, we'll be uh, we moving on, Dan. We've gone on this Sunderland game um, for...
0: Yeah, We I mean, is there anything else you guys want to touch on? Or if we,
2: we, I think we've covered the basis of it, haven't we? No,
1: I think we both have a lot to get off our uh, our chests about Blackpool.
2: Yeah, my mind's on last night, to be honest. Yeah,
0: so we'll move on to Blackpool. Um, obviously, there's no Willock again, which is probably the main the main news. Um, Tyler Roberts comes in for his first start. Um, we have a new signing making their debut, Ethan Laird, comes in at right back for Kakai, and um, we also have the and... Kenneth Powell returned to the to the lineup. Uh, were you guys both happy with that?
1: Yeah, my my first instinct is that I really like the lineup. I was surprised to see Led start considering he's barely even met his teammates, but I I was quite happy with the
2: lineup to be honest with you. Harry, what about yeah, you? I was happy. I mean, I do think that the Zell probably is a better player than. Shadipo but I would have liked to have seen Shadipo start and us go a little bit more attacking considering we're at home um and I thought Dezel had a good game so maybe it should have been Johansson that didn't start but overall I was happy yeah it was a decent lineup. a little bit disappointing to not see Willock on the bench but yeah can't really do anything about that and then I mean
0: first half or early doors I thought we um we had quite a few chances. Um, Dykes in particular was was someone who had I think it was three 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 decent chances uh in the first half. I mean, he's got to he's got to do better than some of them, hasn't he?
1: He has to the the one look, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for the one where he even needs to dink the keeper or cut it back to Johansson because maybe he thought he was offside, but I mean, I've been playing football since I was five years old. The first thing they teach you is play to the whistle. Um,
0: Are you you suggesting that Michael Chudley should start for KPR?
1: No, I'm suggesting that if Michael Chudley um, gets the ball and he's one-on-one with the keeper, he doesn't flick it at the keeper's stomach. He'll either check it back to the guy that's open or he'll shoot and put his foot through the ball. And then if the ref blows for offside, Michael Chudley will then be like, okay, it's offside. That's what Michael Chadley would do. That's the only thing I was suggesting. But, you know, he thought it was offside, whatever. The, the one where Laird, by the way, Laird really... Re- he, had, he had a really good first half, I thought. I think he faded in the second half. But I think yeah. people went OTT with some of the criticism of it. Like, the guy's barely trained with you. Like, he's barely trained. He hasn't played competitive football yet this season. Like, just relax. He's clearly going to be good for us. Um. The one where lad cuts it back to him, we have to score. Beal said it at the end as well. We have to score that. That is, that's yeah. unforgivable. I'm sorry, it's, it's completely unforgivable. That has to go in the back of the net. You do not get those type of chances every week in the championship. In any league, really, it has to go in. Um, I can't remember what the third one was. I think my head was in my hands at that point. What was the what was the other one? I'm trying to think trying to think
0: off the top of my head, actually.
2: No, uh, no, it was where he stole it. He stole it off of them and he has a good chance to shoot, but he sort of like stumbles over and then they get yeah. back. And then oh, that's, yeah, 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 and then Roberts had it. So there, it looked, from where I was, it looked like, and even on the replay, there was like a second or so where it's really, really opened up for him and the ball's there mm. to be hit and he sort of slows it down. And I mean, that's not as big of a chance as the other ones, but still you'd like to see your number nine at this level. Taking one of those three chances you know it, it was I mean, disappointing and I'm, I've tried to stick by Dykes um and give him a chance but I'm I'm running out of excuses in terms of the main the main thing you need from your striker at this level is to score goals um and unfortunately it doesn't look like we have any that is going to be banging them in this season um and I, I want to talk about Sinclair but I'll um I'll save it. I'll save it for we when we get, get to on that. To that. I, think
1: we're gonna, I think we're gonna get to that.
2: Yeah, we'll get yeah. we'll get to that in a minute. Um yeah. And then
0: obviously no, just
1: just to just to touch on that oh, just a little bit more. Sorry.
0: Just that's all right.
1: For me, he just looks completely like bereft of confidence now. Like the, the yeah, chance yeah. we were just talking about where like Roberts takes the shot, like a confidence striker shoots, like even though it's even though it's kind of a half chance. Confident striker shoots there. He's just just overthinking it. It's the same with the offside chance, overthinking it. You know, like it's it's clear there's like a real sort of lack of confidence there, um, and it's just leading him to make odd decisions. It's leading him to go missing. Um, I was watching the game on the phone with my dad last night, and um, I think the Armstrong chance where Armstrong hit the outside of the post. I saw Dykes come into the shot, and I and I said to my dad, I didn't realise he was still on the pitch. Like I, I thought he'd been subbed off, and it's, yeah. it's it's things like that. Like Harry, you said the least you expect from your striker is like like you know goals or goal threat. Like when when he goes missing, there's not even any threat. It's just like it's it's yeah. it's almost like playing with ten. And I don't want to I don't want to get on him too hard because he's going to be on number nine this season. But like like and again, yeah, like it's his it's his second season playing in front of proper crowds. But, like, and I understand that can be tough, especially with our fans. They can get impatient with the strikers because of the strikers we've had in the past. But it's like, you've got to get over that, man. Like, you have to get over that because if you're going to... If you're just going to, like, hide every time you miss a decent chance or make a mistake, you're, you're not going to make it here. You're not going to make it in this league. You're probably not going to make yeah. it in this country.
2: Yeah. You've got, you got to deal with it as part of being a professional footballer. Like, that... I know it's slightly different but that left back yesterday he was loving it when the fans were getting on his back like you've got to learn to use it as fuel in the right way like any sort mm. of criticism and that's what the best players do um whether opposition fans getting on your back use that to wind them up more or if your fans are sort of getting on your back think I'm going to show them prove them wrong and it almost looks like he he lets it get to him too much and yeah mm. he's got to see mm. past it he's got to see and, past
1: it and QPR fans more than more than most are fickle if he goes and scores three games in a row absolutely nobody remembers what happens on Tuesday yeah I know like, nobody, like just like that's what he's got thinking in his head if I score the next chance I'm the hero again like against Middlesbrough he was the hero if he scores if he gets a ha- if he gets if he gets two goals if he gets one goal and we beat Rotherham on Saturday he's the hero again that's what he needs yeah. to have in his head it can't be oh I'm afraid that I'm going to miss this next chance because he's killing us
2: yeah, no well, one last thing about the first half for night. I didn't say about Laird. Um, I thought first half he was really good, and there was one where I think Dyke's flicked it on, to be fair to him. Um, flicked it around the corner, and Led has absolutely skinned his man. And I do think we should be excited about this lad because mm. we we've almost looked lopsided of not wanting to go down that right, like. I don't want to hate on Kakai, but realistically, he's probably just not good enough for the level to be, you know, beating his man and stuff. But yeah, I think Laird is going to provide real threat. And all the, yeah, second half wasn't amazing, but first, first game and had one training session, it was, it was promising stuff in that first half. And in the second half, he made that really good defensive tackle. So yeah, I I think, I think he'll be good.
0: I think the, um, the important message from those, those chances are that goals change, change games. And I think yeah. we saw from, from Blackpool and particularly Josh Bowler, who I thought was probably one of the better players on the pitch, that they take yeah, their yeah. chance. They go 1-0 up before half-time and we've really got it all to do. Um, what did you guys make, on the, make of the goal? Because obviously it was his second shot, wasn't it? Uh, came, I think there was quite a few bodies in, in our area from our point of view. Um, and they didn't really feel like to me that they were gonna they were gonna score in that first half.
1: Nah, do you know what? I think it comes off. I think Dunn slices his clearance, which he he's done a couple of times before. Um, but I don't think that excuses how we dealt with it. I think um, Josh Bowler, obviously a really good player, um, you don't show You don't want to show him inside. Like we were just happy to show him onto his left. Um, and obviously the first shot is blocked. Fair enough. Um, but I, I felt a little bit, I felt I was a little bit disappointed with it. I felt we, we were just very lax back there. I I think most of the night Blackpool didn't offer much threat. I know they had a 15-minute spell in the first half where they were probably the, the better side. But they didn't really offer much threat and I think we knew that and I think we were just a little bit lax defending that goal for
2: me.
0: Harry, what did you think of the goal?
2: Yeah, well, we gave it away and we were really, really open and as soon as we gave it away, I turned to my mate and I was just like, "Oh, like this, this is dangerous." And then we get bodies back, but we don't really put in the challenge. And it was, I think it was Dykes who was the closest man. Like you, got, I do, I do rate Dykes' work rate, but you want feel like whoever's there got to just throw themselves in front of the ball. And Bill says it, and it's 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 cliche, but it's true you've got to scrap for every point in this league and mm. there's no point passing it about nice. If you're not going to put your body on the line and yeah, we've just let him get that shot away too easily and we know how good he is. So um, yeah, it was a frustrating goal to concede and it's a bad time to concede to uh, just before halftime. They go in, they go in now, the game plan, they could to just soak up, soak it up and hit us on the break, which, which is what they're set up to do. And they, they were happy because they had something to protect. They didn't have to go searching for that goal. Um, yeah, frustrating, but we, we probably still should have got something out of the game after that. Right.
0: So in the second half, probably one of the, the, the bright sparks of, of our game um, yesterday was um, Sinclair Armstrong. Uh, he came on. I think we we changed the shape slightly to go two up front. Um and yeah, he he threw all his energy at that game. Were um, you guys impressed with his his performance
2: and impacts? Yeah,
0: no, I,
1: I really was. Now
2: nah, you go ahead, Harry. You go ahead. Um, Yeah, no, I'll jump in. So yeah, I've been impressed with every time he's come off the bench. Always makes an impact on the game. Um, it's it's getting to that point where now I know I know he shouldn't really. We start in an ideal world. We should have, you know, a striker that's more competent than him and impacts games nearly, at least nearly as much as him. But the stark difference between before he comes on and after he comes on with the threat that we then put on the other team, the runs in behind, the options that he gives players um, when they get their head up, I think it's really, really impressive. and. I think unless he wants to use Roberts as a nine or unless we bring in someone else, I really think within the next four or five games, if Dykes continues how he played last night and Armstrong continues to have this impact off the bench, I really think that he's got to be in with a shout of getting a start. Um, I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing. And I think he's got, I think he's got a bright future. I think he offers a lot to the team and yeah, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. That was that was nice and composed. I didn't get too carried away. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm well in on the hype. I'm well in on the hype.
1: On the flip side, I'm gonna get completely carried away. No, I'm joking. Um I, I <laughs> like him. I like him. I've said it before that I like him. Um for me, I'm not quite sure if he's a striker. Um uh, I saw something you said last night, to be fair, Harry, where you sort of talked about um Sinclair not being ready and people didn't think Mbappe were ready I thought it was quite funny you said that because he in terms of kind of like his his tendencies he's quite similar to Mbappe in that he likes to drift onto that left side I'm not saying I'm not saying he's Mbappe by the way let's get that clear yeah
2: be careful I got a little bit of yeah if there's there's any way to announce yourself on QPR Twitter is to
0: compare Sinclair Armstrong with Mbappe
1: Mbappe. But just in terms of like he's got so so Mbappe has got kind of like the directness and instinctiveness of a striker, but he, he drifts to the left and likes to cut in on his cut in on his right. Armstrong's a bit like that, which is why I'm not sure if he's a striker. Um, especially when you look at kind of like, you know if you if you if you wanna if you wanna judge that miss at the end, he he maybe isn't the strongest. He's not he's not a The strongest finisher, but in terms of like him coming off the left, the pace that he has, he's probably the fastest player in our team. Athletically, I think it's it's just him and Tyler Roberts. It's absolutely nuts that this kid is 19 years old and he's built like that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but I really really like him. I mean, I think for me, I I wouldn't, I'm not sure I'm ready to start him just yet, just because he puts himself about so much he runs himself into the ground and he's only really had these 25 30 minute cameos and he looks he just looks like he's given it his all in these in these cameos so I think and Beal said this as well it's up to the, the coaches to kind of just just refine that a little bit just just make sure that he's not running himself into the ground for the sake of running himself to the ground but using that enthusiasm and that aggression wisely. Um, technically, he's still a bit raw, but I think I think, um, I think it, it's not raw enough to say that he shouldn't be playing. It's more something that I think will improve with time. Um, but I, I really like him. I'd like to see. I think he gives us the option to like maybe play a four-three-three, three, like have have those guys, you know, have the wingers a bit wider, allow the eight to push on. I know. Beale's kind of said in the past, hasn't he, that he likes his midfielders to stay in place, but he, he did experiment with pushing Amos further forward and Chaz played midfield. So um I, I think what what he what he gives us already allows us to be more flexible. And for that reason, I think, you know, he's got to be knocking on the door. At least he's knocking on the door for me,
2: uh, for a starting place. I'll jump in and ask a question. What do you um How would you play in them? You don't think he's a winger. Um, For me, I think you want to use him in a two. Um, um, Yeah, you want to use him in a two or away from home if you're playing against a tough team. Like, if you're wanting to hit someone on the counter and you play him up there by himself, like, I do think that's a real option. And, yeah, I'm I'm not sold he's uh, an an out-and-out nine. I think he's one of them guys that if he is to play up front, be better in a two. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to hear what you guys reckon. Where do you think he actually fits in best?
0: Dan, what do you think? Um I can see I can see both arguments. I suppose, I suppose it really depends on the game. I'm, I liked him um back to goal against Blackburn. I thought he kind of held held the ball and linked it, linked it well. Um, but then also he's that good physically that he's got the running power to drive at players from from wide areas I think I think I'd have doubts about him being a lone striker just because I think the demands of a number nine in this in this division are, uh, are fairly big and I think even though Dykes isn't isn't exactly a brilliant striker at this level he still still has to do a lot of the a lot of the dirty work and that that does um get him a lot of a lot of his credit but I think if you're playing with someone like Dykes where he can win the flick-ons and him behind and we saw, I think, against Marvin Equiteta, um, he got absolutely dragged down to the floor, but he still managed to to stay on his feet. So I think that versatility helps, especially with the lack of squad depth in some areas. But um, I'd be interested to see whether Bill um, nails him down to a particular place many uh, times soon. Um, yeah, it's still early days, oh, isn't
1: it? I mean, that there's... Yeah, now it's still early days with him. We, I guess, we we still need to learn a lot more about him. I I quite like the idea as as Roberts as the nine and and Sinclair and Willock either side of him or just behind him, just because I think mm. um, Roberts has got got a bit of variety in that. Like he he's not an out and out nine, but he he's got the physicality to hold the ball up. Um, and I think he's got quite a good eye for a pass, not not necessarily in like an Eze way or even a Terapat way, but more in a kind of um. In that final third, he I think he has a really good eye for that that last sort of ball in behind, which I think Sinclair would really feed off. Um, and I think as well, he gives us something which we just haven't had for years, which is just a bit of like pace and running in behind up top so um I think he's going to be a real real good weapon for us but if and when when he's ready to start that that's another question, but I think just based off his profile based off what he does, I think he's already a really exciting option. For
2: Tell you what I loved when he had that shot and then it got palmed wide and their defenders gathering the ball and he comes over and he just absolutely bodies him. And it loved just it. like his loved his enthusiasm and just like as fans, that's what you want to see. You want to see someone putting themselves about. It's It's, it's great to see. But then, yeah, everyone's saying like, he won't do it for 90 minutes. Yeah, he he can't do what he shows in that for 90 minutes, but he hasn't been given it yet. So I I, I do think what he just has to change really is conserving his energy. And the lad's obviously played 90 minutes loads for 23s or like he's he's not gonna just he's not stupid, he's not gonna run himself into the ground for 90, but it just yeah, we need to see how wise he is with when he uses that energy. Um if he gets given the nod, it's a shame we got out the cup because it would have been nice. That would have been a good opportunity to really see. Yeah.
1: If he could do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um
0: classic QPR in the Carabao Cup, I guess. And uh, in, indeed. Um, I mean, I was going to talk about the uh, the refereeing performance briefly, but I don't really want to go and oh my make myself angry again. Um, and we've been talking so much about the football that I'll probably let that leave that for for this podcast. Um, moving on to Rotherham, then kind of kind of leans on whether what we think about whether Sinclair Armstrong will start, which we'll touch on um, in a minute. But what what can we expect from from Rotherham and Paul Warnside? side? Um, I reckon.
2: So there's that old old Benner, I think you say his name, or, or is that right? Oh yeah, the winner.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Decent player, decent player. Um, then obviously they've got the man, the myth, the legend, Connor Washington up front. So he's here hero. I I think I think I'm I might as well just put a five on him to score because he could not score for the life of uh, the life of him for us. But um, but yeah. Like he's easily bagging a brace at the weekend, it's just written in the stars. We are he's GPR. 30
1: years old now,
2: he's, he's 30.
1: Dirty. That makes me feel so old,
2: yeah. I know he was like young when he came to us, wasn't he? Like 22, 23 or yeah. something. Jesus Christ, That that is crazy. He had a bad time, and then I'm sure Ben, I think Ben Wiles filled from he's a decent player. Um, and then they've got a defender like. Physical lad. I'm not sure of the name, but they also yeah, back there they got Grant Hall as well. Mm. So when you yeah, said when you put said put
0: the word physical money, and defender, I, money, I thought you so went thought you were going to talk about Grant Hall there for a second.
2: <laughs> no, no, but yeah, they will be you know they'll be well drilled. I think they um they well in League One last year. They've come up. They beat Reading four 0 albeit thanks to um Joe Lumley, but. I think they're going to be difficult to beat, and that's what they'll make sure they are this season. They know they're not going to set the league alight with the way they play, but they're going to come here and be difficult to beat. So, yeah, it'll be a tricky game. Um, we're in the side will massively help. I think everyone knows it. We're just a completely different team with him in the when, when he's playing. So, yeah, um, I'm hoping he's there. Excited to go watch, even though... I just witnessed what I witnessed last night, but yeah, that's my take on Rotherham. Um, Micah, Dan, what's your take?
1: I'll let Micah
0: go first. Yeah,
2: um,
1: yeah, I mean, I think I think you know what you're getting from a poor worn Rotherham team in the championship. To be honest with you, For me, um, we should be beating Rotherham in my opinion. We should have beaten Blackburn last night to Blackburn Blackpool last night. To be fair, but. We should be beating Rotherham. That's not to knock Rotherham or anything. I just think we will look back in the team. Roberts getting into full flow. Lads can have had a few more minutes. Um, we we should be quality wise. We should be beating them. So I I would be very disappointed if I'm sat here next week and we're not talking about three points on Saturday.
0: I suppose I suppose the only thing that probably goes in their their favour is. They obviously they beat Reading 4-0, like you said, and they drew 0-0 to Preston, which from looking at the stats, it looked like they kind of got away with one. But that's two clean sheets on the bounce for them. Probably what their their bread and butter is at this um this level. So do you reckon that will that will kind of give them the confidence to think they can get
2: something from this game?
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
2: Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, like Mike says. Although it might be it might be nice if they have a bit of confidence and try and come at us because I mean, since we had that amazing six months where we almost made playoffs in the, at the end of the 2020, 2021 season, every team that comes to Loftus Road really does sit in, unless you're one of the sides going for it. Um, so it'll be if 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 they're full of confidence and they they fancy themselves, it might suit us a bit more because we we do look so much better when we got a bit of space to play in. But yeah, I I'm not too sure what to expect. We'll have to see.
0: Um, and then finally, for for the Rotherham preview, I guess. How do you how do you both want um to set up on Saturday? Harry, we'll start with you.
2: Cool. I'm gonna be sick of my own voice in a minute. Um I reckon we go obviously Dieng, Laird after he's had a few more sessions he should be looking should be looking good. Dickey done. Powell, hoping he steps it up. Um then I'd quite like to see. I want Johansson drop drop this game. I'm I'm a fan of his, but it was he can't really get away with that. Um what he showed yesterday. Diselle field is a two. And then the three main men: um, Willock, Chair, and Roberts. And then I'm not going to say it. I'd I'd like I'd like to see Armstrong given a go, but in this formation like that, I reckon I reckon Dykes. So those three behind Dykes, and let's hope he has a better game. I think Dykes will be given a few more chances before before he's dropped. Um, but yeah, go on. What, what What do you reckon? How do you reckon we'll line up? Michael Drago. Um,
1: yeah, I'm interested to see if he starts Willock or not. Um, you know, I think maybe with the result on on Tuesday, he'll probably be in a mind to start him. I'd, I'd probably, I think the back four probably kind of picks, well, back five picks itself in D.N. Yeah. Powell, Dunn, Dickie, and there. I think Powell needs to pull his finger out a little bit. He looks like he's struggling a little bit. Um, but you know, again, he's not been fully fit to be fair. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um I'm a huge Johansson fan, but I, I did think yesterday was really bad for him. I think the game just completely passed him by.
2: Um went backwards way too much as well.
1: Yeah, it, it's 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 a weird one for me with Johansson because I thought against Middlesbrough, he was really, really good, probably one of mm. our better players. Yeah. And then he and then he's kind of just just gone into limbo a little bit these last two in the game, just sort of just going through the motions a little bit. Um, I, I also think I, I like I love Field. I thought Field has probably been our player of the season so far, and I think he was probably our best player last night alongside um Rob Dickey. Um, but I would like to see him back in that defensive midfield role, defect, uh, defending the back line. I've, I've spoken about it before, I think the fullback. Fullbacks. The centre backs are a little bit hesitant to get a bit wider and allow Johansson to sort of drop in on the counter attack sometimes. Um, and I think that's maybe because Johansson isn't like naturally as good defensively as Field. So I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see Field back there. I think Dizel had a good game, but you know, Dizel has a good game and then he has a bad game. So I'd start him again, but we need to see a bit of consistency from him. Um, I would start chairing eight um, personally. Uh just to allow Roberts and Willock to play there. He's 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 kind of spoke about Chair playing in the eight before. I think if Chair's gonna be mm. as cautious as he is, I think in the eight it actually might be quite helpful if he's a little bit more hesitant and is he's just willing to give it to Willock mm. and Roberts. Um
0: mm.
1: I'm not gonna go with Sinclair just because I think um at the moment I really like what he's given us off the bench and I think against tired legs. Um, someone that that big and that strong from from 60 minutes onwards is tough to deal with in the championship when it's the second midweek game. It's the second game in the week, sorry. So I will go with Dykes. Um I think it's as good a chance as I need to get. Again, no disrespect to Rotherham, but like, you know, they're they are probably going to be down there this season. So like if, if there's any game that you you want your striker to be getting confidence back in? It's probably Rob from at home, so I will go with Dyke. Um, yeah. So that's we'd line up. Yeah.
0: Um, and on that well, note, Dan, do you want me to go? Um, I think he'll keep it relatively similar. I think Willock will probably come in on the basis he said he's available. Um, and I think as much as Johansson wasn't brilliant on Tuesday, I think. Dizelle will be the victim to drop out that side. Just I think dropping your captain four or five games in, well, I don't think Bill will take that risk uh, making a statement. Um, so I think Chair would drop into the eight to replace Dizelle and then the front three would be Roberts, Willock and Dykes with obviously Armstrong to come on the bench and I don't know the situation whether Bomb will be selected for the squad on Saturday because obviously he wasn't picked on Tuesday night but um, yeah, I think he'll keep it relatively similar. To be fair, um, and on that note, what's your guys' um, score predictions for the game on on Saturday? We'll start. We'll start with Harry.
2: Every time I well, I say every time. I've only been on it once and predicted us to win, and we lost. We're, we're and, not on this podcast. We're not. Uh, we're not
0: known for our score predictions. I'll, I'll let you let you into that secret. Uh,
2: I'm just gonna do I'm gonna do the reverse psychology. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a one-all draw. I'm gonna well, downplay it. One all draw.
1: I'm gonna completely curse us and say we win two 0 Two
2: 0
0: Um I think I'll go. I think I'll go for two one. Um oh, still that, that, no clean sheet. No. Mm, I don't know. It just those fallbacks bombing up and down the pitch don't don't uh, give me a load of confidence of us keeping a clean sheet. But I'd I'd love to be proved wrong. Um, and that's that's basically it for this week's podcast. Um, make sure you you check out our generation on Twitter. I think it's at our generation net. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen on, um, and feel free to to check out the guys on Twitter for. all tactical and nostalgic QPR content. Um, Guys, what's your your Twitter handles?
1: Uh, So I am at L-I-B-A-W underscore. um, Just purely like QPR nostalgic stuff on there. Um, I've done a nice little thread on the 2010-11 season today um, and I've got something dropping probably start of next week about the 11-12 running Uh, for those of you that are too young to remember we had to play all of the big six and we needed um, we basically needed to win six out of ten otherwise we would have gone down and um, fortunately or unfortunately we won six of them and stayed up and then had the worst season ever a year later but we'll reminisce on the good times so watch out for that
2: (laughs) and Harry Um, and then yeah r underscore r underscore insights 2022 um, check it out um yeah hopefully no more angry tweets and then angry men coming to uh kill me i'm having to start to mute a few people but chat chat the game uh, the game uh, uh, that comes, it's not that QPR comes without angry tweets. tweets no um
0: so yeah do go do go check those guys out um and the only real plug for me would be that there's a piece coming coming sometime next week um if you enjoy tactical content then Look out for that, and I can reveal a bit more next week. But in the meantime, thank you for listening and come on, you
2: yours.